As a full-time artist and creator, I'm out under the stars shooting new images pretty much every moon cycle. Some of those nights are exceptionally ordinary, while others have quite the story behind them. In this first Story Spotlight episode, I have a very important lesson for you, one that you can learn through me so you don't have to go through an experience even close to it. Hi, I'm Christine Richet, an artist and mentor to photographers around the world. Consider me your interstellar guide on the path to being a better nightscape photographer. In this podcast, we will bring together our artistic right brain and technical left brain by exploring creativity, art, and inspiration in photography, as well as diving into technique, gear, and strategy necessary to elevate your craft and photographic practice. I am so happy to be a part of your Milky Way journey. This is the After Dark Photography Podcast. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The first rule in night photography is you do not go somewhere at night for the first time. And unlike the anarchism that's prevalent within Fight Club, I did not recommend that you break this rule because the consequences can be absolutely dire. Welcome to my first story episode. I will be sprinkling these episodes throughout the podcast when I have a story that I think has a lesson attached to it that you could learn from. Now, Nova Scotia is a stunning place to live. The mainland is a peninsula, and it's attached to the rest of the country by this small little piece of land. It's called the Shignecto Isthmus. It's only 24 kilometers wide. That means we have water on all sides of us, pretty much. Living in Nova Scotia, you get to know the importance of the tides and the tide times and to respect the ocean. Especially since in the Bay of Fundy, we have the highest tides in the world. The daily average is around 50 feet, but the record is 70.9 feet high. It's a crazy tide. The tides here shape the geography and the land. When we talk about the landscape and geography around the Bay of Fundy, there's just really beautiful areas. So there are these isolated arches, there are sea stacks, there's caves, there's dramatic oceanside cliffs. Ah, it's really just a beautiful area to photograph. The intense tides there also mean it is incredibly important to plan the heck out of any visits to that area, especially if you plan to be out on the ocean floor at night in the place that has the world's highest tides in the world. No big deal, right? So I get it. I understand the importance of this. And for this particular story, I will tell you, I thought I had everything mapped out. I thought I could break the fight club rule. Spoiler alert, I should not have broken my rule. 
And I would like to start this story by letting you know that it all works out in the end. If you listen to episode one, where I talk about the importance of story and telling your story, I also talk about how neuroscience shows that when we hear a story, we start to feel the emotions as if the story was happening to us. And for that reason, I want to make sure you know that this story does have a happy ending. And I want to tell this story to you to make sure that you don't make my mistakes. So there's this really beautiful area on the Bay of Fundy, and I had never been to it. I've seen a lot of pictures. I have a lot of photographer friends who have gone to it. And I decided that it was on my list to shoot, except that it was the start of 2020 and we were in our first lockdown. And our lockdowns here were very strict at the start. We were not allowed to leave our community. Like if you had to drive to a park, you were not allowed to go to it. You could go out only for necessities, only one person, and that was it. So getting out and shooting was not really a thing. Getting out and scouting was not a thing. You could get pulled over, and if you were not in your area, you could get fined. I'm telling you this so that you kind of have an idea of why I broke my rule. Because my rule is, if you remember from the start of this episode, you do not go out somewhere at night for the first time. Well, I did go out somewhere at night for the first time. I thought I had it all planned out. So I meticulously researched the tides. I talked to my friends who had gone to this location. You know, you go here, you park here, you walk across this field. There's this area that you go down. All of these things. I looked at it on Google Maps. I looked at pictures of it. I knew the location. I didn't get out to it in person. Finally, we were allowed to start going out to parks again. So actually uh, leaving our house and going to parks outside. We couldn't do a lot of other stuff, but we could do that. I wasn't able to go and pre-scout this location because I still had my small kids home with me. My daughter wasn't, was just six months old. Um, my son was only three years old. It was not a place to take them places where you have cliffs that are, you know, 40 plus meters high. So instead, I brought a photographer friend of mine and Jazz, and we went out on the first clear night that we had. And this was early in the season. And we park at the location and we find the path really easy to find. We're walking down along the path. It's going across basically a farmer's field. And there was one little area that went off through the grass to the right. And we, the, my friend and I stopped and we were like, oh, that could be it. And we're like, oh, let's just keep seeing because the path keeps going up ahead. And so Jazz had gone to go down the little side path. And when I said, okay, Jazz, this way, she ran forward and ahead. And Jazz ran over a little hill. And all of a sudden, I heard 
I wasn't quite sure what it was. I thought maybe it was coyotes. It sounded like this very far away yelping. And so immediately I called for Jazz. I said, Jazz, come here. Jazz, come here. She's probably going to come here now when I'm saying this in the story. And she didn't come. And this is all happening within a matter of seconds. And I knew something was incredibly wrong because Jazz always comes when she's called. She is quite possibly one of the most well-behaved dogs you will ever meet. Side note, when Jazz was a puppy, I did a lot of um, mentoring and apprenticeship work with a local um, dog training company, friends with the owner. Um, And so Jazz went through a lot of training. So Jazz always comes, but she didn't. And I knew something was wrong. And so I didn't run, but I walked very quickly to where I had found Jazz, where I had just seen her before I heard the noise. And I realized it was the edge of the cliff. It was so dark and the edge of the cliff was abrupt. There was nothing to show the edge of the cliff. It was just the field and then the erosion. And I shined my headlamp down and there's Jazz on the ocean floor, more than 40 meters, sheer drop, circling and yelping. I turned around and I ran back to the little side path. I dropped my gear and I scaled down quicker than I thought was possible. And I ran to get to Jazz. You guys, the area that she fell off, people are like, oh, well, she probably tumbled down. It is not. It is a sheer drop. We went back to this place um, later during the day, which I should have done in the first case. Are you seeing here? Seeing where I'm going with all this? And it's a complete sheer drop. Now, she's down there. We're on the ocean floor. And we are a solid hour plus away from the emergency vet. And we have to get her back up. Jazz walked. We helped her. We cajoled her. We comforted her. We cheered her on. She walked back up and she walked all the way to the car. Got her in, lifted her in the car. I'm leaving. I'm making phone calls while I'm driving to see if I can get into any of the local vets that are there. None of them will take me because I am not local because my vet is an hour away. So I'm taking her to the emergency vet, which is over an hour and a half drive away. And I'm sitting in the car driving, trying to be sharp, trying to keep my eye on the road and wondering if my dog is bleeding out beside me internally in the car. You guys, I am not, uh, so I don't litter. Like in the entirety of my life, I can think of one time that I littered and Jazz was in the car seat beside me. And she was yelping and trying to get close to me. And there was a freaking can of Coke in the middle, in the the little cup holders in the middle. Because I bring Coke or Pepsis out with me. I prefer Coke. Just want to put that out there. Um, So that I, I can have something to keep me awake if I need to on the drive home. Not a coffee drinker, but I like Cokes. I took that Coke and I threw it out the window. I, I can tell you that is the only time in my life that I have ever littered before, just so that Jazz could get closer to me because she was in so much pain. Because I didn't go there during the day first. I did not do my due diligence and scout it out during the day. Now, I told you at the start of this, this story has a happy ending. 
it's pretty miraculous, actually. If you go to the actual spot and you see it, you see where she fell off. Um, the friend who was there with me, she's like, I can't actually, she's like, I can't go over and look. We went back shooting there one night. Um, after this, we didn't bring jazz with us. Um, and I was pointed out to another friend who, um, wasn't there on that night. Um, and the friend who was there with me the night happened, she's like, I can't, can't even go over and look at it. Um, because it's a sheer drop down and the cliffs are at least 40 meters high jazz came and pulled through. We got to the vet at 10.30 PM at night and I stayed there. It was COVID. So I was not able to go in. They took her in. I stayed in the parking lot um, for a couple hours as they were doing their initial tests. By the next morning, all of her vitals had returned to normal. Everything was normal. She was back home within 24 hours. She did have some internal bleeding. Um, she did need some supplemental oxygen, other things like that. But she recovered in a way that was pretty miraculous. Um, and I'm ridiculously grateful for it. Now, was that the most scary thing that has ever happened to me? Yeah. It was. And as I tell you the story, you can probably hear it in my voice that it takes me back. And I am so much more careful now because there are a lot of hazards that are just not as noticeable at night. And I have, so episode seven. I do a deeper dive into location scouting, um, and that's a key part of safety planning. So we're going to talk about that more in episode seven so that you can uh, learn a little bit more about what you should be looking out for. But this story, I tell it to you not to scare you, not to have your heart race, not to have you go through my emotions, but so that you don't make the same mistakes. Um, now, since the accident... I've gone back to this place in question multiple times. Now that I know where to go, well, it's so much easier. The first time I went back actually was in daylight and Jazz came with me. Um, I photographed her standing at the base of the cliff that she fell over. She humored me, um, but not for long before she went over to like roll in the muddy sand. Um, I think she was much less affected by this momentous occasion than I was. Um, that night, actually, I photographed the moon rising up over one of the sea stacks there. Uh, I've gone back to this place as well multiple times, and I plan to go back to it even more. But had I gone during the day, I would have known to take that first side trail. I would have known how quickly it drops off. And we could have had a very scary night never exist. So... I want you to take away from this episode to not make my mistakes. Do as I say. Do not do as I do or have done in the past. Um, there are, I ha you know, there are rules for a reason. So going out to a place during the day for the first time always is very, very important. Now, I would love to hear your stories. Are there any stories and pearls of wisdom that have come from them that you can pass on? I'd love to hear them. You can send me a DM on Instagram or screenshot this and share this episode in your stories and let me know. The more we can get the message out about safety for me, I think is better. 
So as always, I really want to thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you want to see a few of the photos that I've created at this particular location, you'll want to hop on over to the show page and look in the show notes because I do actually have some of the pictures of this location. And I'll even put the picture of Jazz hanging out at the bottom of the cliff um, just so that you can get an idea of it. Okay. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I will catch you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to my podcast episode today. If you're excited about night photography, but you don't know where to start, then listen on. This is for you. Well, hello, it's Christine. I am the host of the After Dark Photography Podcast, and I'm the founder of the Night Photography Academy. And if you don't know me, I have been a professional photographer since 2009 and teaching photography actually since 2008. When I first started teaching photography, it was to students who had excitedly just bought their first ever camera, or maybe who had a digital SLR sitting on a shelf, gathering dust, and they were finally ready to learn how to use it. Now, almost 15 years later, I find the same kind of people coming to me super jazzed about night photography, but frankly, overwhelmed at where in the heck to even start. For one, they haven't mastered using their camera on manual mode, let alone doing things like equivalent exposures, which is really the bedrock of night photography. And if that sounds like you, I have just the thing. I am giving you 100% free access to the first module of my Photography for Beginners Bootcamp. This was a hybrid online in-person class that I taught here in Nova Scotia before the pandemic happened. People would take the class online and then I would run field trips where we would go out and practice together. And I am giving you access to the first module completely for free. Unfortunately, field trips are not at this time available. Imagine that you know exactly what setting is the most important to use on your camera in any given situation based on, you know, what you want to create. What's that vision in your head? And not only that, you know how to do all that, but you also know how to troubleshoot. So maybe if things look too dark or too bright or too blurry or even too sharp, you will know exactly what to do to fix it and get the image you want. After going through this totally bingeable course, you will master manual mode on your camera and be able to confidently create beautiful images with your digital SLR or mirrorless camera. To sign up, go to christinerosephotography.com slash bootcamp. And that will be in the show notes too, if you just want to do a quick click and hop on over there. Thanks so much. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode.